from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Uh, we were alerted uh, to the presence of the Federal Bureau of Investigation uh, by a booming uh, loudspeaker. The FBI has a federal warrant for this address. Keep your hands up and follow orders. I looked at my husband and I said, are they talking about us? Every basketball court we create is a statement of what the government is not doing. The facts and circumstances surrounding this indictment are some of the most egregious and blatant violations we've seen by the Russian government in order to destabilize and undermine trust in American democracy. I'm Danny Wisentowski. St. Louis has a brand new basketball court. It sits on a corner of West Florissant Avenue in the fairground neighborhood, nearly complete. The hoops are up, as are the fences, lights, and the free throw and three-point lines. It sits on what was once a vacant lot. A dividing wall is now covered with a mural of two basketball players, a man and a woman, both black, posed dramatically against a black, red, and green Pan-African flag. Painted on one end of the mural is the court's logo. It's a basketball, wearing a black beret turned to the side, a red star in its center, encircled by the words, Black Power Vanguards. The court echoes the ideals of the organization that funded it, the African People's Socialist Party. The group arrived in St. Louis with its founder in 2017. Over the years, the group has transformed several properties in St. Louis. They created a farmer's market and community centers through an affiliated group called the Uhuru Solidarity Movement. The basketball court is the movement's biggest footprint in St. Louis, it's supported by a GoFundMe campaign that took in nearly $130,000. But last month, before the hoops were even installed, the Uhuru movement and the African People's Socialist Party became embroiled in controversy. In a startling development, one whose details are still shrouded by an active investigation, the groups were revealed as a target of an FBI raid. The FBI raided several locations belonging to the African People's Socialist Party, including one in South St. Louis, in the early morning hours of July 29th. Captured on a security camera that morning, the footage shows a room directly behind the front door. Inside, the opposite wall displays a rack of various apparel, t-shirts mostly, with socialist and revolutionary imagery. On the second floor, Omali Ashatella and his wife, Ona Zene, had just gotten up. Early, at 5 o'clock uh, the morning uh, central time, uh, we were alerted uh, to the presence of the Federal Bureau of Investigation uh, by a booming uh, loudspeaker. The FBI has a federal warrant for this address. Keep your hands up and follow orders. This is the FBI. I looked at my husband and I said, are they talking about us? All of our phones were blocked. We couldn't reach anybody. On the security camera, in the moments before the agents crashed through the front door, all that's visible is a group of shadows moving at the entrance. And then a flashbang lights up the dark. The explosion showers the room in debris. Figures and helmets move through the smoke, rifles raised. They gather at a far wall, right next to a Che Guevara t-shirt. The logo on their body armor clearly reads... FBI. 
They use battering rams. They knock broke windows. Got halfway down the stairs. A drone met me and almost hit me in the head. It was laser targeting yes. dots that were bouncing off my chest when I walked down the stairs. I thought that they were going to kill us. We had no idea what they wanted, what, you know, nothing. And they handcuffed myself and they zip-tied the chairman. We kept asking, what is this about? What is this about? Why are you cuffing us? Right. He said, it's for your security and our security. The FBI agent, he was like, uh, we have the warrant over on the other side, but we never, ever got saw warrant to after they completely um, got out of the house. And they left that on the table right. uh, after they, and they'd been in the house for hours. That was Omali Ashatella, the founder and chairman of the African People's Socialist Party, and his wife, Ona Zene, describing the events of July 29th when FBI agents raided their home in St. Louis. That same day, federal agents also stormed the group's Uhuru centers in St. Petersburg, Florida. What ties these raids together is Omali Ashatella and the affiliated groups he's founded. Now 80, Yashatella participated in the civil rights movement and went on to start multiple groups to advance his ideals of black power and the need for reparations. Hours after the raid on July 29th, Omali Yashatella stood outside his raided home in St. Louis holding a press conference that would make headlines. He revealed why the FBI had raided his home and that it had to do with Russia. They said that we were there because there was somebody in Russia who was going to be indicted a Russian national in Russia was going to be indicted, and that uh, there is uh, some assumption, assumption of Russia influence in the politics inside the United States. At the same press conference, Yashatella criticized the United States' position on Russia and directed blame to America for the conditions of its black communities. He pointed to his group's new basketball court as proof of their positive impact in St. Louis. If you go up and down West Forreston, you will see an extraordinary improvement as has occurred, not from Russian money, but from solidarity by people, from people who unite with the struggle for black people to have freedom. That's where that basketball court came down. The government didn't do that. Yashatella acknowledged having been to Russia in the past, but vehemently denied taking money from the Russian government. Yes, I have been to Russia, but I've also been to South Africa. I've been to Ghana. I've been to various other places in Africa. I've been to Nicaragua. I've been all kinds of places where oppressed people are organizing because black people need not to be isolated. That was Omali Ashatella, founder of the African People's Socialist Party and Uhuru Movement, speaking just hours after an FBI raid outside his home on July 29th. It's important to note here, that press conference we just heard, where Yashatella said his group is being accused of having some association with the Russian government, that was more specific than the FBI itself has said, or what was disclosed in an indictment unsealed the same day of the raid. Bottom line, we don't know exactly what evidence the FBI acted on to raid the offices of the African People's Socialist Party. Whatever it was, it mobilized agents in two states in a coordinated operation, and it has left the African People's Socialist Party reeling. And in his press conference, Omali Ashatella called it an attack. But they have accused us of taking money from Russia. Well, first of all, we have never taken a penny from the Russian government. But I'm not saying that because I'm morally opposed to taking money 
from the Russians or anybody else who wants to support the struggle for black people. Let's talk about the indictment that preceded the raids. In it, the U.S. charges a Russian national named Alexander Viktorovich Ionov. Ionov allegedly worked with Russia's intelligence agencies to recruit, quote, members of U.S. political groups as foreign agents of Russia within the United States. Yashatela and his allies acknowledged that they participated in events with Ionov, even traveling to Russia around 2015. While not naming these political groups, the indictment does contain some compelling hints that the organization it calls Political Group One is actually the African People's Socialist Party. For instance, in August 2016, Enoff is said to have directed Political Group One to publish a statement of support of Russia's Olympic team as it faced a doping scandal. The indictment includes the title of that statement, but redacts the name of the group, leaving us with imperialist ban Russia from 2016 Olympic Games. Political Group One says, let Russia play. Today, you can still find that statement on the website of the Burning Spear, the official newspaper of the African People's Socialist Party, under the headline, imperialist ban Russia from 2016 Olympic Games, APSP says, let Russia play. If Political Group 1 is indeed the African People's Socialist Party, they are also accused of receiving cash from Russia, according to the indictment, in the form of a couple payments in 2016, totaling about $7,000. Other connections to Ianov are more overt. In March 2020, as Russia launched its war on Ukraine, Ianov joined a web conference hosted by Omali Yashatela to discuss negating colonial lies about Russia. Uhuru comrades, Omadi, Uhuru comrades uh, who enjoy for this conference call. I'm really appreciated to uh, work with this meeting. I am really thank you so much for your support. Us, thank you so much, Omadi. Thank you so much, the all activists from Uhuru movement. According to the indictment, Russia relied on Ianov to stoke foreign support. Ianov paid U.S. groups, the indictment says, to publish pro-Russian propaganda, as well as other information designed to cause dissension in the United States and to promote secessionist ideologies. That's the government's case to prove, of course, to make his own case, and to talk about his group's activities in St. Louis, from the FBI raid to the new basketball court. We invited Omali Yashatela into the St. Louis on the Air studio earlier this month. The fact is that we're an organization that, that's celebrating our 50th year of existence. And uh, we're an organization that uh, felt our mission when we were born 50 years ago was to complete the work that had been initiated by people like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and, and Patrice Lumumba in Congo and, and Kwame Nkrumah uh, in Ghana in Africa and Che Guevara. Uh, uh, that was what we saw as our mission. We've built various uh, aspects of our structures, and, and we've created other kinds of organizations that are not the African People's Socialist Party, but to deal with uh, critical issues that our community is facing with. And some of these uh, uh, entities that we are responsible for having created, uh, nonprofits and uh, uh, you know, other uh, things that deal with specific kinds of contradictions that plague our communities. That was Omali Ashatella speaking to producer Avery Rogers. In 1972, Yashatela founded the African People's Socialist Party along with the Uhuru Movement in St. Petersburg, Florida. 
Over time, new chapters sprouted up in other cities. The movement now includes Uhuru Furniture Stores in Oakland and Philadelphia. And in St. Louis, the Post-Dispatch reported in 2020 that the affiliated groups applied for more than $269,000 in building and demolition permits and were behind the purchase of a half-dozen properties. So, what brought Yashatella to St. Louis? The journey began, he told us, with the Ferguson protests of 2014. St. Louis uh, became sort of ground zero in, after August 9, 2014, murder of Mike Brown. And I, everybody, they had all kinds of forces come into St. Louis. The media was here. Uh, a lot of money mm-hmm. was put into St. Louis to divert attention from real contradictions. And so we came into St. Louis because of that, because we have experience uh, as organizers. So that's why we came into St. Louis. And when we came to St. Louis, it was unbelievable. the first time I came here, I thought I was in some strange, extraordinary community. I'm looking at the, we're in, meeting in a place, and then right across the street and next to it, you know, buildings and states of collapse and what have you. So I thought this was an, ex, an extraordinary thing that was not usual. It was not ordinary, but it was really ordinary. And so we ran into that kind of thing here. And uh, just the, the overall kind of despair that people were confronted with. And we also ran into people who wanted to change. Mm-hmm. And so we began to organize here in St. Louis among those people. And because St. Louis has such, the black community of St. Louis has such a rich history in so many ways, politically, culturally, uh, uh, in terms of resistance, et cetera. So St. Louis is the place for us to be. This is a new ground zero in terms of the struggle of of black people in this country right now and much of the world. It wasn't just Omali Ashatella that made the move to St. Louis. His wife, Ona Zene, who serves as the deputy chair of the African People's Socialist Party, is also a recent St. Louis transplant. She told St. Louis on the air producer Avery Rogers that after she arrived, she encountered the decrepit conditions of some St. Louis neighborhoods and she saw it as an opportunity to help her new home. I came here at the end of 2016 and looking for, I was sent here by the chairman to look for a community center and um, actually found one when we first got here when I first visited in November of 2016. And then I came back in June to purchase that building in 2017. But I was only supposed to be in St. Louis for a week. And then when I got here and really uh, just... Uh, saw the conditions of North St. Louis, I called the chairman on the phone and I said, look, if I leave here now, I'm not going to be able to come, you know, back here, you know, for another two years. So I end up staying in St. Louis. I never went back to Florida. We uh, renovated the um, the Quabba Hall, the Hoor House on uh, West Florissant in, in 10 months because we had already booked it's, uh, it's a rental space as well where people in the community, they can afford to have their wedding there. They can have baby showers, all kind of events there. So we had already started booking to have a rental there. So we had to get done. So we <laughs> renovated a 9,000-square-foot, nine, 9, three-story uh, building in, in 10 months. That was Onazene Yashatella, the deputy chair of the African People's Socialist Party. After settling in St. Louis, the group didn't stop with the community center. They launched the Black Power Blueprint, which, according to its website, seeks to transform North St. Louis through renovation, economic development, and political power by and for the black community. According to Ona Zene, the group's work has already improved St. Louis neighborhoods. 
so right next door to our community centers, there were two two abandoned buildings that had been left there for at least 30 years. So we purchased those buildings, and we tore them down, and we made a beautiful outdoor venue, a state-of-the-art outdoor venue, where we also have our community garden, and we also hold our One Africa, One Nation Farmer's Market every week in St. Louis now. So, you know... It's 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 been really really good and what what happens is is that the community start to see this and they start to fix up their houses and uh, the building right in front of us lady purchased that and start re, um, she's renovating it now everybody started cutting the grass and you know it's just a, a ripple effect when it when everybody see that there's something really to fight for for your community so it it's it's amazing process. I, I love St. Louis. <laughs> that was Onazene Yashatela. She and her husband, Omali, remain in their leadership positions over the African People's Socialist Party and its affiliates. In Omali's view, the entire case, the FBI raid, the indictment, the allegations of spreading Russian propaganda, it's all part of a government campaign against his group's progress. You don't have to just believe it because mm-hmm. we're seeing it. Come and see that we are a transparent organization, mm-hmm. uh, this nonsense that we are some kind of insidious force uh, hiding in the dark, uh, working with f- uh, foreign agents for Russia, uh, is something that you can see yourself. What mm-hmm. it is that we do is transparent. See the, see the work we've done to transform North St. Louis already and, um, and, mm-hmm. and get a, a notion of the work that we have uh, on the line now that mm-hmm. we're going to. And also it's important because I think, as I said earlier, that much of this is an attempt to divert resources that we would have for improving mm-hmm. this community to having to fight for our lives against the FBI. A fight for our lives. That's how Omali Ashatella, chairman of the African People's Socialist Party, described the July 29th raid on his home by the FBI. However, There are connections to Russia that Yashatela doesn't deny, like traveling there for a global summit with other groups and his interactions with Alexander Viktorovich Ianov. Ianov is the founder and president of a Russian government-funded group called the Anti-Globalization Movement of Russia, and he's the only person named in the indictment that preceded the raid on Yashatela's home last month. According to that indictment, Ianov recruited members of groups in the U.S. and other countries, including Ukraine, to attend Russian conferences that encouraged them to, quote, advocate for separating from their home countries. In response, Yashatela insisted that he never took money from Russia to fund the group's projects in St. Louis and other states. He said previous connections with Ianov, his travels to Russia, those were just part of his mission for international solidarity, not a propaganda conspiracy. They are busy right now uh, constructing uh, some kind of case uh, that presupposes that I'm a pawn, a puppet of Russia. I needed Russia uh, to tell me uh, to talk about what's happening to black people in this country. Somehow I'm an agent of Russia trying to besmirch the pristine reputation of the United States when it comes to black people in this country. And, and I've, been doing, I've been talking about what's happening to us all my life. They showed me the name of one of the persons, uh, a person, a Russian national who they say was indicted. And then uh, since that time, uh, I have learned uh, that uh, we are pawns of Russia from, that's an allegation, and that Russia is using us to say bad things about black people. 
in this country. There's some some kind of propaganda, you know, from uh, for Russia, and then uh, using us to uh, to to somehow uh, besmirch or undermine the the pristine electoral process in this country, and all of that's it's absolutely bogus. We are hearing today from Omali Yashatela, chairman of the African People's Socialist Party. The group is behind a brand new basketball court in St. Louis, but it's also facing accusations of being part of a Russian propaganda campaign. And in July, the FBI raided its Uhuru centers in St. Louis and St. Petersburg, Florida. On Wednesday, we reached out to the St. Louis office of the FBI. We wanted to know more about the July raid and whether the agency is looking at the African People's Socialist Party's activities here, including that new basketball court. On Thursday, we heard back from the FBI office in Tampa, Florida, which is leading the investigation. In an email, a spokesperson cited the investigation, writing, Due to the fact that it is ongoing, we must respectfully decline to comment. Overall, the FBI has shared few details from the raid, Here's what FBI Special Agent David Walker told reporters in St. Petersburg the day of the raid. The facts and circumstances surrounding this indictment are some of the most egregious and blatant violations we've seen by the Russian government in order to destabilize and undermine trust in American democracy. And at that same press conference, here's Roger B. Handberg, United States Attorney for the Middle District of Florida. Russia has recruited and forged ties with persons and groups around the world who are positioned to amplify and reinforce Russia's messaging campaigns. Yashatella said these tactics are nothing new. He pointed to the FBI's targeting of civil rights leaders like Martin Luther King or the Black Panther Party. The real villain, he said, isn't a Russian national paying people to criticize the United States, but the United States itself. Every basketball court we create is a statement of what the government is not doing. Every doula that we create is a statement about what the government is not doing. Every, every program for, for providing jobs and training for these African men and women getting out of prison uh, is a statement about what the government is not doing, and that's what's intolerable. And also, every white person that crosses the line to unite with what it is that we're doing, it breaks down the ability for the government to keep people in this country split based on race uh, and having white community uh, an absolute unity, solidarity with what they're doing to black people. That's been broken up, and that's a problem they have, and that's why, that's why uh, July 29th happened here in St. Louis. Whether you believe Omali Ashatella or the FBI, the indictment and raids leave a blurry picture of what is actually happening between Russia, its intelligence agencies, and these local activists trying to improve St. Louis communities. In one corner of St. Louis, however, there's no doubt about the influence of Yashatella and the African People's Socialist Party. The Black Power Vanguard Basketball Court was built with money raised by chapters of the Uhura movement across the country. And a new court really means something in St. Louis, where less than a third of city parks have courts. A new basketball court in St. Louis means something to Tyler Small, who grew up playing basketball in North St. Louis County, at least when he could find a place to do it. He spoke to St. Louis On the Air producer Maya Norfleet on Tuesday. Growing up, trying to find a court was really difficult, especially as a kid, because you would either have to walk miles to get to one, uh, and then walk back after playing, unless you were lucky enough to get a ride or ask for a ride. I had neighbors who put together a milk crate, and that's how they played, just trying to find a way to get it in 
to find it. They put up one of the, they used one of the poles, the electric, the electric power poles and put a little, uh, milk crate on and play. Things are changing for basketball in the region. St. Louis announced last year that it plans to install courts in Forest Park by 2023. Right now, though, residents make do with what they have. On a recent weekday, I drove to the site of the Black Power Vanguard Court on West Florissant Avenue, still awaiting its final coat of paint before its grand opening in September. A few minutes' drive away, at O'Fallon Park, I met a young father practicing his shots and approach. He told me his name is Trey. There are five hoops in this park, plenty of space, but the surface is buckling with plants and cracks. Trey has been coming to this park to play basketball for decades, but he said the region should be doing more to expand the public's access to courts. Basketball should be supported because of the simple fact of it's, it's just like any other sport. You know, we celebrate football, soccer, tennis, and whatever else. We should celebrate basketball as well. You know, a lot of our youth, you know, come to this park, or used to anyway, and this was like the, the, the safe haven for everybody. You know, you can get a workout, play with your friends, get juices, snacks for kids. It's none of that anymore. It's just trash. Trey told me he's heard of the new Black Power Vanguard Court on West Florissant, and he hopes the new court becomes a safe community space, just like the parks of his youth. Soon, he'll have even more options. Forest Park is getting courts next year, and Tower Grove Park is also planning to add basketball facilities under its new master plan. As for Trey, in between taking three-point shots on a crumbling court in O'Fallon Park, he told me that he's excited for the new court nearby on West Florissant. As soon as it opens... He'll be there. I, I, I like it. I like it. We should do more of this. Next Friday, we're going to keep following this thread of basketball in St. Louis. For years, the lack of basketball facilities in the city's largest parks, including Forest Park, spurred questions about whether the absence sends a message about what people and pastimes are wanted in these spaces. Before that discussion, we want to hear from you. What does basketball mean to St. Louis, and what can be done to restore it to its former glory here? Leave us a voicemail at 314-516-6397, that's 314-516-6397, or send an email to talk at stlpr.org. This episode was produced by Danny Wisentowski and Avery Rogers. Podcast design by Aaron Doerr. Production assistance from Avery Rogers. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.